And it wasn't a Sharon at all. It was just old man flambles. I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you measly investigating police officers. Shoot him. What about now? I'm a potato, potato, I'm a potato, potato, I'm a potato, 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 man. That's gotta go in. No, it doesn't. Everybody and welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John. Oh, boy. Uh, so, John. Uh-huh. Uh, hi. Hi, hello. Uh, how are you? I'm okay, I'm kind of tired. I had a full week and then a full weekend and then a full stomach. <laughs> That's a lot of fullness. Yeah, I was full from sunup to stern. Like the, the, the back of a ship? From stem to dusk. From a flower stem to the... T- what is happening? Clearly you haven't read Walden. Walden Pawn? Yeah, Walden. I did read Walden, but in high school. I didn't like it. Oh, right. We talked about that. You like went to <laughs> high school. Okay, we can't all be homeschool elitist over here. Brag. Are you feeling jealous of people who go to high school? Uh, not anymore, but yeah, I used to. Why didn't you go to high school? Uh, parents didn't want me to, and the thing about being a child is that you're an adult without rights. That's a way of thinking of being a child. Um, Especially when you're like a teenager. I think a teenager has more rights than a child. Yeah, but you still don't have many rights. Like, if your parents tell you to do something, you basically have to do it. I mean, not unless you're going to, like, fight them on it and have good reasons why. Yeah, but then, you know, the courts will always judge in your parents' favor, generally speaking, unless there's something heinous going on. Okay, so an argument with your parents, whether or not you could go to, to public high school or even private high school, would end up in court? Yeah. Jeez, that's some family. On a weekly basis. So uh, I don't know how to get into my first segment. Uh, well, why don't you vaguely hint at it, and then I can do a uh, an intro for you. Okay, I'm going to do that thing where you cough, and then you make a sound like the thing you want someone to talk about. Okay. Ahem, ahem, robots, ahem. So, John... Oh, yeah, what? I was just working at my job where I could be easily replaced by some type of mechanical apparatus the other day. Oh, yeah, what? (laughs) And, um... I was wondering if you had any thoughts on robots. Oh, I, in fact, have an article on robots. Well, a blog, really. You have a blog on ro... Wait... You mean you found somebody else's blog that happens to be about robots? Yes, I found a Roblog. A Roblog? So, uh, we all know that robots are interesting and they are the way of the future. 
Yes, we all know that. And uh, we know that, if nothing else, uh, the future is going to have a lot of computers in it. Um, Probably wall-to-wall. And now we're starting to think about computers as thinking machines, these neural networks, deep learning, and all that good stuff. Machines that learn how to think, to think how to learn. So maybe my favorite thing in the world is neural networks that are uh, specifically made to write things. Oh, because English mean? has a lot of nuances, and seeing a robot or a, an AI pick up on this is fairly interesting to me. Are you trying to tell me that robots are writing books? Uh, robots have been writing books for a little while, but they're they... uh, they're not great. Okay, they're not great books. Phew! So what robots have been writing, or at least this robot, uh, is cookbooks. Cookbooks? Wait, <laughs> like for food? Yeah, cookbooks for food. Uh, but... Full recipes uh, and ingredients and names all generated by uh this person who runs the tumblr lewis and quark.tumblr.com that's adorable where they fed 30 megabytes worth of pure cookbook data into a neural network and had it generate uh cookbooks you know i've always heard it said that if you are free from the burden of taste you can unlock true flavor now see uh i want to walk you through what this neural network has come up with. And trust me, it is the essence of flavor. That's great. It, it's doing <coughs> Futurama... Why are you coughing? It's doing Futurama proud. It's doing Futurama proud. Now, when the neural network first started, there were some hiccups. And it really oh, didn't have its act together. And it had to learn English by being fed more and more data. So it had a rough, like, puberty? It did. And it would say things, uh, ingredients lists... Uh, for uh, for recipes such as immediate care heavy mim what <laughs> uh, with ingredients such as three dill toasted substet cant and one cube chopped whipped cream wow to cube whipped cream that that and then chop it that's that's some some what do they call cook cook skill now of course as time has gone on it has gotten significantly better and it does create some pretty uh normal dishes and if you if you wouldn't mind i'd like to read a few of them to you i would be honored to listen so on tonight's menu uh we have cream cheese soup okay cream of sour cream cheese soup wait are these all cream cheese related chocolate cake a la chocolate cake (laughs) now you're talking my language chocolate 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 cake that's just... You can find that at Applebee's. Now, this is where it takes a turn. Uh, chocolate chicken chicken cake. Oh, now we're getting a uh, fusion. And, of course, chocolate 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 cake. Wait, how is that one more chocolate than before? And, of course, chocolate chips. <laughs> and <laughs> chocolate chips with chocolate chips. <laughs> Are they just just bowls of chocolate chips? Now, uh, things get a little bit stranger uh, when this person turns the variable of creativity up on the neural network. Oh, what? So, like, they turn it up to 11? Uh, Not full creativity, just a little bit more. They make it more creative, you know, because I think that people will get sick of eating chocolate, 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 chocolate cake. Oh, yeah, you can only have so much chocolate. 
So if you want to get more interesting, you can, of course, uh, have the special menu of beef soup with swamp beef and cheese. Swamp beef? Swamp beef. What is swamp beef? And uh, chocolate chops and chocolate chips. What's a chocolate chop? Grim chunk garlic cleese. That sounds dangerous. Beezy mist. That sounds fruity. Uh, Export bean spoons in pie shell. Top if spoon. And whip the mustard. That's the name of the dish? Yes. That sounds like instructions for cooking the dish. Chocolate pickle sauce. That's gross. That's not even funny. Whole chicken grease. Oh. Whole, whole chicken grease? Whole chicken cookies. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait. Do these oh. have recipes that go along with them? Oh, they do. And we'll we'll get to that. Okay, okay. Uh, there is a salmon beef style chicken bottom. All of your meats in one. Uh, there is star followed by an asterisk. Oh, that dude, that sounds like the signature dish. Cover meats. What? Cover meats. What is... What could... How? What does that even mean? <laughs> out of meat. Oh, that's what you make when you're out of meat? <laughs> uh, completely meat circle. <laughs> what are these dishes? The, and the finally, the classic, of course. Completely meat chocolate pie. Oh, that's that sounds weird and gross. Oh no, it's great. How is it great, John? Uh, because it's completely meat chocolate cake. You said pie. The chocolate pie. I'm sorry. But wait, so it's not really chocolate then, right? It's completely meat. It's completely meat. Oh, that a meat? That's the meat pie. No, of course. Uh, some of the. Uh, Ingredients, of course. Let's see if I can find a full recipe. If not, uh, just some ingredients. Alright. Let's see. Oh, okay. So, this is a full recipe with ingredients because, as the author explains, a lot of the ones that have funnier names have nonsense recipes that aren't funny. Oh, okay. So, they're selective with their humor. Now, this is, uh, pears or to meme. Of course. The ingredients are one quarter pound bones. <laughs> bones? <laughs> one quarter pound of bones. A quarter pound of fresh bread, optional. Optional. <laughs> Half a cup of flour. Alright. One teaspoon of vinegar. Alright. One quarter teaspoon lime juice. It's for flavor. Two eggs. <laughs> That's it? Now, uh, the ingredients are as such. I mean, the recipe is as such. Okay. Uh, brown salmon in oil. Wait, where did I get the salmon from? Add creamed meat and another deep mixture. Wait, suddenly I need creamed meat? <laughs> uh, discard fillets. What? <laughs> Glad I got them, now I have to discard them. Uh, discard head and turn into a non-stick spice. <laughs> head of what? Uh, pour four eggs onto clean sink halves. Where did, wait, I, I got two eggs, now I need four eggs? Uh, now, you have to brush each with roast and refrigerate. 
Oh, there's a lot of meat in this pear-based dish. You have to lay tart in deep baking dish in the sweet body. I should have read these beforehand. Sweet body. Mm-hmm. Remove peas and place in a four-egg serving. <laughs> what is a four-egg serving? Cover lightly with plastic wrap. Chill in refrigerator until casseroles are tender and ridges done. Oh my, wait, I don't think that's how casseroles work. <laughs> now, of course, the plating is very important. Uh, you must serve immediately in sugar, may be added to handles over ginger, or with boiling water until very <laughs> cracker pudding is hot. Oh, let's just say, I, I hope I hope robots don't quite take over our kitchens, you know, quite yet. Uh, if you'll If you'll entertain me. I'll try. I will go to an earlier version of one of its recipes to uh, to show you how far it's come. All right, just to demonstrate its learning process. Now, uh, an earlier recipe for yoop chips. Yoop chips is three dill toasted. Su- yeah, we had talked about that before. A one oil, three unpressed stocked prepared in season. Okay. One cup myozinal chopped. Nice. Half a teaspoon lemon juice. All right. One and a quarter teaspoon chili powder. Of course. Three tablespoons Dijon steam minced. (laughs) God, I have that minced Dijon steam. And 30 dates. 30? That's a lot of dates. Sorry, I was reading ahead. Uh, bake until juice. What? <laughs> bake until juice. Bake what until juice? Bake until it becomes a juice. Bake what? Uh, brush from the tomato sauce. Lightly butter into the vis- into the viscosity. Uh, uh, Cook combine water. <laughs> Transfer a medium orange cinnamon with electricity, if the base. (laughs) This sounds scientific. Make drained of tala will or chicken to swell. Sprinkle over skin greased with a boiling bowl. (laughs) The bowl has to be boiling. Final ingredient, toast the bread. Of course. You must toast the bread. I would not dream of having my yup chips without toasted bread. Of course. That's the most important step. You know, that's how Mama used to make it. That's how I make it. So uh, that's, uh, that's a neural network. I'm not sure it has a name, but I'm willing to call it Beezy Mist. <laughs> Beezy Mist. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a frightening thing. Because if I know anything about America, and I think I would know one or two things about america it's that that they ship things before they're finished and so we're gonna likely have some of these under underdeveloped neural network things out there mixing up toasted bread and boiling until juice yeah i uh, i look forward to it because cuisine's gonna get a lot a lot more interesting also i'm gonna read some ingredients every once in a while that i come across <laughs> all right uh one quarter cup white seeds Wait, just white seeds? Just white, white seeds. Oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah, neural networks for sure. I think deep learning and machine learning are fascinating, particularly when you apply them to 
written things. Yeah. Because I, I think that there's so many nuances that you can get something that from afar, much like these recipes do, looks very convincing. And I'm sure a computer would look at that and go, that's fine, I don't understand what's wrong with that. Exactly, yeah, because, you know, a human would look at it and say, well, this doesn't make sense. But a computer is approximating and, like, creating, I, I guess, like a simulacrum. As, as long as it looks correct to it, it's not going to change anything. And, you know, when you... uh when you read something, you're just interpreting it into context. You know, you're picking out a million different things because to a computer, if you say a quarter cup, this, this, it's like, ah, oh, it's a quarter of a thing called a cup. And then there's a thing in it. It's like, it's like a child, you know, trying to act like an adult after observing it, the adult do something, you know? Uh, by the way, another ingredient is one teaspoon juice. Just juice. And uh, a pound of chunks. A pound of chunks. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, but, yeah. Maybe in the future we'll just have, you know, generic juice and generic chunks. And uh, we could also have three quarters of a pound of fresh surface. What? Oh, my gosh. Do you want Computers some are great. Oh, computers are great. I, uh, I, I love neural networks. I love reading stuff they make i love computer poetry oh computer poetry is probably the best oh it's real good it's real real yeah. good that goes back to the uh the Alupin people who uh the the i've talked to them about i've talked about them before on the podcast but the, the Alupians are basically like people who just wanted to generate text so they they allowed computers to just put words to words together to make poems that's pretty cool yeah why was their mission to just generate text? Uh, it was... and I, I don't know. I, I guess, like, <clears throat> the, it was a fear, or, or really just to do it. Just to show that we're never going to run out of, out of uh, the ability to create what they call a text. Um, just to show the, the limited... Not, not limited. The unlimited potential of art. And I mean, I can understand that because there was a, not to reduce it, but there was that uh, sketch on a bit of Fry and Lori where Stephen Fry is talking about how English and language as a whole is really interestingly capable of creating a new thought, which you can be almost guaranteed that no one else has thought in that particular order ever before. Yeah, I, I think we had an early early episode of our podcast where we tried to string together like a whole bunch of original thoughts that no one else had had put in that order before you're actually very right i remember that now yeah whereas like we 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 slipped uh, something boba fett for gold is on the line that's like the name of an episode oh yeah you're right and then as it uh, as we hypothesize that if you say something it comes to pass boba fett de- then did win of course gold yeah of course we we were Sort of retroactively explaining why Boba Fett was so popular, because he was covered in gold. Yeah, it's classic golden Boba Fett. Another ingredient is one half cup with no noodles. Well, all of my half cups are filled with noodles, so I gotta go to the store and get a new one. And a half a cup of bacon fruit. One day, bacon will be grown on trees. I guarantee you that. One day, everything will be grown on trees, and then who will the fools be? I guess all of the people who are strictly carnivores. 
Mm, but I mean, it, then it, if meat is grown on trees, is it not then just still meat? To a traditional carnivore, they they have to kill it before they can eat it, right? So they're not going to kill a fruit. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, by the way. By the uh, way. Quarter cup of bread liquid. You know, they they make bread in a can, so liquefied bread, that's coming up. Isn't liquefied bread just beer? <laughs> Depends on the beer. Oh, you're right. Uh, I imagine would, like yeah. an IPA bread. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I would think an IPA isn't as, as bready as like, say, like a, a lager or a stout. Oh, uh, I want a beer now. I was drinking one before we started recording. Okay, just two more things. This is endless. I can't can't stop reading this. 42 cups of milk. <laughs> All right. Preheat oven to 35,000 degrees for 8 minutes. That, you know, today's ovens just don't run hot enough. And uh spout claims add vanilla. Spout claims. <laughs> Talk, just just spouting things that you call facts as part of the recipe. And then add vanilla. Well, otherwise the souffle won't rise. Oh, you're right. Because it rises in anger. <laughs> of your unfounded claims. You're like, this souffle won't rise. Look at it. It's not going to rise. Then you hit it with the vanilla and it's angry. Yep. I want and like a also- creme brulee. Mm. A creme brulee? Wait, what? I can't speak. A creme brulee. A creme brulee? Man, we both had a full day at work today. Sounds yeah. like. Because we're yeah. tired boys. You know what that means. W- what does it mean? Well, John, I'll tell you what it means. It means it's time to, you know, pop open a few beers, turn on your newly acquired Nintendo Switch, and head into the breath of the wild. Breath yeah, Breath of the Wild. I was trying to sound like a Goron. Did it work? Yes, everyone believed it. Everyone. Don't don't tell him that he doesn't sound like a Goron. I'm a Goron. My name's F. Scott Fitzgerald. That's a great Zora impression. You're doing so good. Oh, wait. I But I'm a Goron, not a Zoran. Anyway. Hey, John. What? I got a Nintendo Switch. What? I bought a Nintendo Switch. Does it work? It works very well. So when you switched it on, it it worked? When I switched on my Nintendo Switch, it switched from off to on, and it worked. What a horrifying situation that would be if you bought a new piece of consumer electronics and tried to turn it on, it just didn't work. That would suck. I would hate that. I don't think that's Um, ever happened to me. I don't, it hasn't happened to me either. Thanks, usually quality just, assurance. Yeah, usually it's just a case of needing batteries or whatever. Tell me about uh, this Nintendo Switch, though. The Nintendo Switch, uh, I've only used it as a home console. I haven't actually used the portability of it, and I probably never will. But, uh, but uh, that it, seems like the best part. No, no I know. I just wanted a new console, and it's tiny. It takes up no space. It's literally like the size of two hands put together. Imagine, though, if you were playing Breath of the Wild and you got scared, and then you took it out of the dock and put the handles on it, then you crawled up under a blanket. 
Yeah, you could do that. And uh, it, but the battery life is only about like six hours. That's fine. Yeah, I had I a know. PSP. I know what's up. I, I leave it docked, but uh, it, it's good. But all I've done with it, it's basically a Breath of the Wild machine. I mean, that's what it is right now, kind of. Period. I mean, people buy other games like Bomberman or something called Has Been Heroes, but I don't know anything about that. All I know is I've spent like 40 to 50 hours in Breath of the Wild, and I've had a great time, John. Now, is it better or worse than Okami? I've never played Okami. Okay, that's a moot question. That's a that's a useless question to you, then. How good is it? It's the best open world game I think <laughs> I've ever played. What? And by open world, like, it it takes it to an extreme, you know? It's not just open world, but everything is fluid. There's there's only, like, a few instances where you'll see a loading screen, and one of those is fast-traveling, the other one's game-overing, and, you know, you have to... You have to... Because you died, so you, you gotta load back up. And then, like, other than that, there's really no loading screens. So it's it's just a very streamlined, fluid experience once you initially load into the game. But yeah, I mean, there's a loading between, like, you hitting start and then the game starting. Yeah, there's that. But once you're in the game, it's pretty much you're immersed, you know. And then there's a loading screen between, uh, like, leaving your house and then going into your uh, village, right? Nope. Well, I mean, mean, there's there's gotta be a loading time between, like, your village... And then the the open world that that joins all the hubs together, right? Nope. It's fully seamless. Like, all of the doors just kind of slide open, you walk in, and then everything is, like, loaded at the same time. That's very cool. It's insane how smooth, how fluid, and how seamless everything is. Is there a loading screen where you get the Master Sword? Uh, I have not yet, but I have found the Master Sword, but I have not yet been able to pick it up. Wait, and you've been playing for 50 hours? Yes. What? Alright, so j- just to give you, just to give you, like, kind of like a walkthrough. Not a walkthrough. Just like a, a heads up of what's going on in this Legend of Zelda. Um, it's been 100 years since you lost to Ganon. That's Wait, the s- when? That's the, st- that's the start of the game. Um, I don't the- remember losing to Ganon. Well... You, we we didn't control this link uh, beforehand, hmm. but it's been a hundred years since this link lost again, and 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 they they use the term fell, which I think means he died, and he was thrown. Link was thrown into a a revitalization chamber and li- literally resurrected over the course of a hundred years. Oh, and so now everything is overgrown. Civilization has pretty much crumbled, and there are wild machines running amok and terrorizing everybody, because the one thing that Ganon did when he came back this time was infect all of the the civilization's defense me- uh, mechanisms and stuff like that, and turn them against the people, and so everyone is like, they're, they're, they're slaves to their own defense mechanisms. So this is like... Post-apocalyptic Zelda? This is post-apocalyptic Zelda. That's nuts. And uh, so for the first hour or so, there is like a small tutorial where you, you get a lot of the equipment that you're going to be using throughout the, uh, the, the entire journey. But at a certain point, 
it's like there are four areas that you need to go to and, and do, but other than that, you're free, and you can literally do anything you want from then on. Now, I do have a... I, I know one person who played this game that I talked about before I talked to you about, and I didn't know too much. Okay. But one thing he told me was that... Uh, <clears throat> really, your core abilities are tied to four or five different items. Pretty much, yeah. And you have, you, like, a, you have a, a, a quest, like an objective, and once you get the final one, it just says, beat Ganon. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, the, a, after that first hour tutorial, you get, like, a quest in your quest marker, your, your journal or whatever, and it just says, destroy Ganon. Oh, wow. And it kind of is just like, you gotta, you know, you, there is a little bit of you gotta figure it out, and it points you into a direction but you're pretty much free to go wherever you want as long as you're equipped to, to handle and get there. So could you, like, Morrowind it and just walk to Ganon and defeat him in in theory? According to one of the uh, one of the head developers of the game, it can be, de- it can be beaten in 15 minutes, um, but the fastest that are speedrunners are speedrunners. The fastest that speedrunners have managed to hit is around 45 minutes. Okay, that's still very fast. Yeah, because there are certain things that, because you can't just you can't just find the master sword and pull it out. You have to have enough uh, life force to be able to to wield it again. How do you get life force? You just get more hearts. Okay. Yeah, and, and hearts like there are these portal like rooms called trials, and each trial is an individual puzzle. And if you solve that puzzle, you get a spirit orb, and four spirit orbs can get you a heart or stamina. How many trials are there? 120. Jesus. Yep. That's a lot. And more are coming in the form of DLC. Yeah, DLC. And Nintendo doesn't do DLC often, but when they do do DLC, they, they kind of knock it out of the park. I, uh, I'm very fascinated by this game because I was watching it get played, be played, in footage somewhere, and it showed uh, Link, the main character of these video games. Uh, he like fell off a cliff and went ragdoll and fell all the way down the cliff and that's amazing to me. Oh yeah, no, because the, I mean the, it, the like the character, the form of Link is really sanctified in popular culture and see something like that happen. I'm like, oh, that's gnarly. Yeah, yeah they actually like went out and <coughs> like got a physics engine from a from another team and kind of adapted it for this game. It's the first time we've seen Nintendo do anything remotely physics-based like this. And uh, it's really great. Everything, like, all of the... All of, like, the magnetic physics and the fire physics... You know how you talk about Hitman being, like, a bunch of systems kind of interlacing? Yeah. Breath of the Wild has a lot of systems at play that can interact in very surprising, unique ways. See, that's the best kind of game for me, is something that just has robust systems that play around with each other on your way to a goal. Yeah, this is a game where if you're standing out in a thunderstorm and you're you have a metal sword on your back, you're gonna get struck by lightning. Oh wow, you're going to like that. That's going to happen. I uh, I was listening to this person who played the game uh, or told me about it before you talking, and he said, "Yeah, you can freeze to death, you can burn to death, you can run out of stamina and fall off a cliff. Like there are a bunch of systems in place that make it almost like a survival game." It, yeah, pretty much. Like, there's a cooking system that, that you can get benefits from cooking. So, like, if you don't have cold gear, 
You can eat spicy food, and that'll keep you going for a little while. If you run out of that spicy food, you better have gotten to your goal, because you're gonna start. You're gonna start taking damage. I. Uh, what do you eat if you're hot? Uh, you can eat some chilled food, or like a like a chilled sh- shroom, a chill shroom. Oh, I get it. It's, wink. Yeah, it's hard to say, but like there, there's a bunch of ingredients that. They'll do different things. Certain fish will give you certain like attributes and stuff like that. It's just, you just gotta find it. Uh, by the way, speaking of ingredients, um, one half cup white pastry sweet craps. Craps. So anyway, I, I'm fascinated by this game, and I I, I really want to play it because it looks super fun. Give me give me an example. What's something that happened to you that's worth sharing? Um, let's think. All right, so. Around littered around this battlefield, there are a bunch of these defunct machines called guardians, and you can you can loot their their shard out corpses for very rare parts to make into really good weapons. And so I'm going to body to body of these machines, and I'm picking up weapons, and all of a sudden, one of the machines turns toward me, Ooh. and like this you know this piano solo starts playing, this very tense piano solo, and and like. Oh no! Oh, oh, sh- oh shit! Because these guardians, I have nothing that can harm them. They're they're way beyond me, and so it starts like blinking its little eye at me, shooting. You know, it's gonna shoot a laser at me, and I'm just like, oh god, oh god! I start running, and next thing I know, more guardians are coming from the sides. Oh. They're, they're flanking me, and all of them are like. Sh- putting their little beam on me and I'm like hiding behind rocks and stuff this chase lasted me 10 minutes <laughs> and I barely barely got out of it it was it was insane that sounds but horrifying for like the first few hours that you're playing it's pretty much you need to run from everything because even like the little moblins that you first meet can like one shot you I mean it, it, it's very interesting to take something that's uh kind of this guided um, whimsical power fantasy and turned it into a survival fantasy. Yeah, for the first time in a Legend of Zelda story, it feels like there's actual danger, you know? You're not... You, you are the chosen one, but you're a failed chosen one trying to sort of, like, redeem himself. And that's that's a really interesting uh, kind of narrative conceit that the only time that Link feels kind of his his weakest and his smallest is when he has failed to do the thing that Link does. And a, a big part of it, a big part of the story is that you don't Link does not remember anything about his past life. So it's kind of like you're relearning to be this hero that you're not even sure if you are or not. There was uh I don't know if you told me about this or not. It's entirely possible you did. But Something that I'd heard was the uh, designer by Breath of the Wild. I think it has a different designer than one would expect. I don't know what else he worked on. But he was talking that... He was saying that what he wanted to convey in Breath of the Wild was he wanted to make people feel the way they felt when they first played The Legend of Zelda on the regular Nintendo. Oh, the first Legend of Zelda. Yeah, he wanted to make people feel the way they felt back then. And he realized the only way he could do that is to make the game completely, entirely different from everything it's ever been. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get that feeling. Because in The Legend of Zelda, the first one, you're literally just dropped into the middle of a world. You're given a sword, and you it's like, 
you kind of have to figure out what you got to do. This, you have a little more direction in Breath of the Wild, but it's pretty much the same, only you're not given a sword. What are you given? Uh, You can pick up a tree branch. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, the the game has a lot of, uh, it's got like a weapon kind of drop system where you can pick up your enemy's weapons and use them. But they're gonna break eventually, so you got you're constantly trying to find better weapons. Do you like get armor and stuff? Yeah, there's armor, and you what? can upgrade Link armor. Where's armor? What? Yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting game, and uh, my only complaint is that so like one of the quests you get eventually is to track down the locations of these pictures that you have, and uh. Each location gives you a flashback into 100 years in the past, and uh, there's only 12 of them, and the story that it gives you is like, it's enough to scratch an itch, but it, in that way that when you start scratching that itch, you get an itch in a different place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe a little more fleshing out some of, some of this, this story from 100 years ago would be kind of cool, but that's really my only complaint about the game so far. It sounds like a good one. Yeah. How much is a Switch? A Switch is $300. Shit. And uh, the games are 60 bucks, and, you know, there's a limited time warranty that you can cover for a year. That's like 30 bucks, and then you throw on another controller, that's another, like, 70 bucks. And, anyway. Maybe I should sell my PS4. I don't... I don't think you should. Hmm... Maybe just find a way... I mean, the game's also out on on the Wii U, if you know anybody who's got one of those. I have no interest. I know, right? I hate Wii U's. I bought one, and I I regretted it like a month later. Ugh. Fucking Wii U. Ugh, garbage, 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 garbage. But uh, I I feel like if Nintendo is going to do this Breath of the Wild thing with other platforms... Other platforms? Other properties, like a... You know, they announced uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which seems to have, like, an open-world feel to it. Then I'm all for it. What if they took uh, storied Nintendo franchises and just did a a genre swap like they did with uh, Zelda and uh, making a survival game? Like, they make a Donkey Kong horror game. (laughs) A Donkey Kong horror game I would have to see. Uh, Super Um, Mario visual novel. Paper Mario. Oh, you're right. Um, a Kirby first-person shooter. I'd play that. Uh, 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 ultra consumption of monster. No, but what they need to do is make a, like a Metroid Breath of the Wild. That'd be great. Oh, like a like a like a like a open-world Metroid. Yeah, like an open-world Metroid with all these systems in place and stuff like that. That that would be fantastic. That would be great. I do love me some Metroid Prime and also. Metroid- Non-Metroid Prime games. Yeah, I mean, Metroid Prime was great. The Metroid games are great, but I, I want to see a, a, like a, uh, I don't know, sp- Space of the Wild. Oh, man, like a good No Man's Sky. Oh, that would be perfect. Oh, no Metroid nice. Sky. Oh, that'd be so good. You know what else is good? What's good? Taking a break from the podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the break. There's no space in my wall for no Nathan filling. I got pains to put up.
And that was American Girl by Dumbspell. You can find them at dumbspell.bandcamp.com. That is D-U-M-S-P-E-L-L dot B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P dot com. Other songs that I particularly enjoy are uh, Distract Me and I think Slumber Party was the name of the other one that I liked. That is correct. These are all things I enjoy. Support them. Seek them out wherever you can. And they've got a pay-what-you-want model on their their uh, their their Bandcamp demo. So you pay can everything. Their, yeah, you can check out their music, and you know, get get what you want. Give a dollar. Give five dollars. Who cares? But, give uh, yeah. what you want and get what you want. Exactly. That's great. That is great. <laughs> They're great. Sorry, I was uh, doing some important research. Research on what? I was uh, just doing some research on Lucha Underground. More Lucha Underground research? Yeah. What do you mean? So, remember how I explained uh, episodes of Lucha Underground to you? I'm pretty sure we all remember you explaining the pilot to me. Are you about to explain the next episode? No, that's for next week. Oh, okay. Cliffhanger. Gotcha. So tune into that, folks. Yeah, because I need to rewatch it because I've watched way ahead of that. Gotcha. I, I haven't really been watching anything lately. Really? Nothing? I mean, I'm rewatching Futurama with my girlfriend, but other than that... Well, that's we, good. We ain't, got, we ain't got no time. I know one thing I watched and you watched. We what? First episode of season three of Rick and Morty. Oh, that is something we both watched. Mm-hmm. That was a good season premiere. That was a fantastic season premiere, and uh, just a great way for Rick and Morty to just show up and be like, Hey, uh, just to remind you, we are the best science fiction on television. Yeah, you know, it's a great April Fool's prank, and also a, you know, a quality episode and reminder that even though it's a comedy, it pulls off some pretty great just science fiction. Oh, I mean, everyone tells me The Expanse is the best science fiction show on TV, but I've never seen it. I haven't seen it either, but we shouldn't discredit things we haven't seen, right? I mean, I want to watch it. I just don't know how. Uh, it's on sci-fi. Oh, is it? I believe it's a sci-fi original. How do you stream things that are on sci-fi that aren't The Magician's? I have no idea. I think it's on Netflix, but I don't remember. I don't know. I'll look it up. You should look it up. Um, people say really good things about it, but it's also very slow starting. Um, I love slow starting things, such as Battlestar Galactica. Or uh, Better Call Saul. You know, I never watched more than the first season of that. But it's a very slow build. I heard, but I also was reading something today that was asserting that it was actually considerably better than Breaking Bad. I don't know about that. I, I think they're they're of the of the same ilk. Birds oh, it sounded like you were gonna like keep saying things about them being of the same ilk. No, I, I mean it's Vince Gilligan. You know, it's 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 character driven drama. He he's good at what he does. You know, mm-hmm. it's just more of that, but in a different vein because it's just different characters in a different situation. But hey, it's got that one guy in it, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's pretty good. Also, um, I said a... he's great, not that pretty good. Okay, he's pretty great. I am dying over here. Oh my god, John, get 
your sickness <coughs> together My and put it in a dying. box. Put it in a box. You got. You can make it this last, you know, 20-odd minutes. Come on. I think I'll be fine. I, it's just all of a sudden my body is shutting down. Well, pick it up. Henry, you gotta do something. You gotta introduce some high-energy segment to pick me up off the ground. You gotta um, awaken me like a phoenix. Awaken you? I don't know if I can do that. No, awaken I, me like a phoenix, Henry. Only you can do it. I mean, I could keep talking about Breath of the Wild. Oh, I feel the life returning to my bones. Okay. Um, what do you want to know about? Oh, I'm fading fast, slipping away. God, I I can't stand this pressure, John. Oh, no. Goodbye forever. (laughs) If only (laughs) someone was to, to talk about the fire propagation... In Le- the, the Legend of Zelda, the Breath of the... Isn't there fire propagation? What's fire propagation? Like you set fire to something, other things will burn? Oh yeah, that, there's that. Yeah. That happens literally all the time, especially if you pull out a sword that's made of fire. Uh, hold on now. They have What's fire up? swords? Yeah, there's a fire sword and I found a thunder sword. I, I There must be an ice sword too, but I haven't found that yet. But, uh, you know, there... There's a ton of ways to check out... Okay, so scattered around the world, there are these enemy camps that are just unmarked. You just find them. And all of these camps have different ways of taking out enemies. So one camp might be surrounded by this, you know, tall grass, and they might have explosive barrels all over the place. So you might be able to light the tall grass, which will then catch the barrels on fire, that then explode and put everyone on fire. And then, you know, you just go in and kind of poke things with a stick until it stops moving. Oh, so it sounds kind of oddly like a Far Cry 3 or 4 kind of thing. There, There is some inspiration, only the camps <laughs> are not mandatory, you know? You don't have to take out encampments to unlock towers or anything like that. They're just camps scattered around. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I know there are moblins. Yeah. Are there other things? I mean, there are babobkins, there are oct- Octorocks, Octorocks, Octorocks. Um, there, there's these huge things called hilkas that are like giant, giants. They're giants, and uh, I always run away from them. There are these things called lionels, which are like lion centaurs that are really fun to fight because they telegraph all their moves, and if you dodge right before getting hit. You activate, like, a, a witch time type Oh, mode. yeah, you speak in my language. And you can pull... You, you, you basically button mash at that point, but, you know, you, you can pull off some cool combos because you you, do, you dodged perfectly. That's pretty awesome. Is that all enemies or just these lions? Um, all big enemies, including bosses. I, I don't know if you can do it to the smaller enemies because they usually just die too quickly. Okay. Damn moblins. Hey. Yeah, it's usually enemies that uh, you can't stagger by hitting. It, those are the ones you can dodge perfectly, and, and then you can stagger them by hitting them. Are there Gorons? There are Gorons. Uh, I haven't made it to the Goron city yet, because every time I walk close to their city, I catch on fire. Oh, that, that'll that do it. Because it's a giant volcano. You can't just walk up to a volcano. Are there Zoras? Yeah, I help them out. They're pretty cool. God, I want this game so bad. It's great. It's it's like 
it's kind of like blow up Ocarina of Time by like 20 to 50%. Make oh. it all open world and then just put a bunch of interlacing physics systems on top of it. Oh, it sounds you, so good. Yeah, it, it's just like a blown up Ocarina of Time and like a really cool disjointed story. I... So disjointed how? Disjointed as in you're not you're not being told to go from point A to point B to, to hit certain story points. Uh, you can go to any like group of people at any time. I just happen to go to the Zoras first, but someone else might go to uh, the Gerudos or the the Rito people, who are the bird like people. Mm. You you can go in any order you want. You can go anywhere, except any to the to the to the volcano. Well, I I bet there's a way to get there that I just don't know about because it it doesn't seem like that they would just not let you go because you catch on fire. There's got to be a way to to get there where so that you don't catch on fire. I just haven't discovered it yet. Have you tried eating a bunch of chill mushrooms? I actually did, and I still caught on fire. It mm. was very it was very very inconvenient for me. That'll do it. But uh, one thing the game kind of promotes i think yeah we're, we're at an age where it's like okay you get stuck in a video game you can just google it but one thing i've been doing is just not looking anything up and that that satisfaction of like working out a puzzle is just it, i don't know it's it's like it's blown up just because there's also like no hints given you know the game does not take you by the hand and lead you there everything you kind of figure out is is on your own mm-hmm I mean, you're figuring out something like maybe you hear a riddle from somebody and you got to piece together, okay, this riddle means I have to strike this one tile from the sky with this certain weapon and that's going to unlock something. But all of that's kind of done on your own. And I think it's better if you don't look things up because then, you know, you get that satisfaction of, like, piecing it together. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, if you have a narrative experience that is particularly curated to not be spoiled to be experienced i think there are a lot of smart people who were involved there trying to make it so any idiot can figure it out with enough time yeah that's exactly that like i've even i've even walked away from some of these portal trial rooms before only to walk back and notice something that i had missed completely the first time and then solved it in minutes so you know i I think it's it's worth you know just kind of like giving yourself more time to, to figure it out rather than get the instant gratification of looking something up on YouTube. And I think uh, walkthroughs are really kind of a shame for video games because video games are at least like really greatly crafted for the most part. Um, really uh, intricately crafted. <clears throat> As I said, narrative experiences and robbing yourself of that journey makes it uh, almost completely not worth doing. Yeah, I mean, unless it's like a game like Mass Effect where, uh, like, the gameplay part for some people is not the part that they play it for. They really play it for, like, the story. So then it's kind of like, well, how do I get past this one boss? I don't care about killing him. I just want to get to the next chunk of story. I I guess those people are okay, but then those people should just pick up a book. Yeah, I mean, I I despised... The combat in the first Mass Effect, but I enjoyed it as something that was a vector to tell me a story. Yeah, and in a lot of ways it was unrefined, and you know, they were just getting on their feet with the first Mass Effect. 
by the time the second Mass Effect rolled around, they, they kind of like streamlined the combat so everything was more fluid, and that just helped the narrative experience a lot more. Oh yeah, second Mass Effect, way better combat, way better game. Second Mass Effect, real good. Pro- Mass- second Mass Effect is probably the best Mass Effect game there is, um, and that's I've even played like ten hours of Andromeda. Heard that, even though I never played three. Yeah, three, three, three's okay. I like the multiplayer in three. That's Andromeda, addictive. though. Andromeda is. In a word, it is a work in progress that was basically released too early. It's not bad once you get past all of its kind of like things that need to be polished. And a lot of that stuff was polished in a recent patch. But uh, past the first like 10 to 15 hours or so, it actually kind of picks up. I heard uh, uh, pretty similar complaints from most people about it. Yeah, I mean, I still enjoy it, other than it did take a, a, a YouTuber that I watch pointing out to me that the main character isn't a character at all. It's just sort of like a vessel for the story. They pointed that out, and I realized that that's completely right. You know, Shepard at least had... Commander Shepard had, like, some, some you know... He had personality. He had a character behind him. This This other person, this new person, Ryder... Is just kind of like, yeah, I'll go there. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, sure, I'll do this. And it's just like, I don't know, more of a bland experience, I guess. I mean, that was the interesting thing about uh, Commander Shepard, narratively speaking, is because you had a destination that you were going to reach. You had motivations that were baked into your character and could not be changed. You could just, like, you know, alter the wavelength to that point. Yeah, and a thing about the Shepherd story was it's just like nobody believed what you had seen, so it's just like everyone was against what you were saying. And this new game, the writer character, everyone is on your side because you're working with people to to get a new home for humanity. There's no resistance around you, so it's just kind of like, yeah, go do that. Oh, you did it. That's great. Okay, go do this now. And it's just like, where's the conflict is, is all external. There's no, there's no interfighting. And because of that, it's kind of less interesting. I mean, that was the, uh, <clears throat> kind of the thread throughout the first two Mass Effects is you are the only group of people, uh, taking on a specific issue, which people would rather consider, uh, to be fiction, yeah, but if you're someone who's tasked with like, hey, go do this useful thing for us, then everyone's gonna be like, yeah, cool, you did it, great, uh, good job, gold medal. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you didn't play three, but even in three, a lot of a lot of the story is convincing people to work together. So you're still fighting, you know, within each other to kind of say like, well, who gets what resources? Everybody's under attack. How do we come together and stop this? But if everyone's on the same page, it's just like, it's the classic, you know, outside force is the problem. We were against this outside force. It plays like a bad sci-fi movie rather than a good sci-fi movie. That's a bummer. That is a bummer. But, you know, maybe I've only, I'm only 10 hours into it. It's probably somewhere around 80 hours. So it's, I don't know. It's, it, it probably gets better somewhere down the line. Or you could just replay Mass Effect 1 through 3 again. 
I'd have to buy them for PC because I played them on Xbox. Okay, do that. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever played Frog Fractions? Is Frog Fractions like Frogger but with math? Wait. Hold up. I'm holding. Do you not actually know what Frog Fractions is? I have no idea what Frog Fractions is. It sounds like a math-based learning tool. Oh, Henry, we gotta have a talk later. A talk about Frog Fractions? Oh, you absolutely have to play Frog Fractions. Oh my god. Why would we have to talk about it later? Why can't we talk about it now? Uh, Frog Fractions is an incredible video game. Is that all you want to say about it? That's all I can say about it. Alright, so I guess I'll look it up later? It's the best frog-based learning tool in the world. Is this really just like a math-based learning tool? Yeah, 100%. Why would I want to play that? I played Math... 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 Math Blaster. I played Math Bastard. (laughs) I would play Math Bastard. That sounds like a better game than Math Blaster. I can't say that word. Oh, I played a Mass Bather. Math Blaster. Yeah, Math Blaster is pretty sweet, but Frog Fractions is better. I'm sh- sure it is. What a, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. I, also, don't yeah. look it up. I will not look it up. All right. I'll give you a link to it. Give me a link to it. And uh, we can play it. I've got, a, I've got some bad news for you, Henry. What's the bad news, John? We have to call the podcast short because I have an unstoppable, like, weird tickle in my throat, and it's becoming harder and harder to speak. That sounds like a real problem. We have to... uh, Okay. Yeah, I lost my voice for, like, two days. I didn't tell you that. You Uh, did not tell me that. You should have mentioned that. Yeah, I got laryngitis real bad. Um, You have laryngitis? Why... Why are we doing a podcast right now if you've got, like, specifically a disease that's in your throat? So, uh, if you want to contact us about my laryngitis or Henry's laryngitis... I don't have laryngitis. You can contact us on laryngitis is a laryngitis. Oh, boy. Uh, you can contact us on at uh, zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. <coughs> do, do you uh, want me to take over? Zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at zcpcwhj on <coughs> Jesus twitter.com. That's right, at ZCPCWHJ, uh, Twitter.com. That stands for, of course, Henry. It stands for John. Why the hell are we doing a podcast if you've got laryngitis? Because we've got to be productive. You can reach us at twitch.tv slash zero credits. Oh, it's happening so fast. Your, your voice is literally leaving, like, as we speak. It's happening again. Uh, today, today's theme, this episode's theme was cooking. And we're not even doing a hint, it was cooking. Oh, you're right, it was cooking. Um, yeah, anyway. Because you could cook, you would talk about the robot cooking, you can cook a Breath of the Wild, and also in Mass Effect, I assume they eat. So, there you go. Yeah, people in Mass Effect uh, have, been, have been known to eat uh, one quarter tablespoon paper, one tablespoon mold water, one cup dried chicken grease. And that's how you get laryngitis, folks. Um... Oh, God. What are their social media plugs? Check out Dumbspell. D-U-M-S-P-E-L-L dot B-A-N-D-C-A-P-E Yes, check out Dumbspell, friend of the show, band of, 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 of all time. They're great. And, uh, John, what the hell are we doing? Henry, I'm so sorry. I thought I could hold it together. 
Um, <laughs> sorry for the short episode, folks. Uh, Bye. Get well soon. Okay. I mean, I can keep doing the podcast if you want me to. We already started wrapping up. What do you mean? Shit. Is there any other social media? Send us a PM. Send us a BM. Uh, check us out on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Check us out on Facebook. Search for fa- search for zero credits on the Facebook search tab. And uh, d- if you have spare time, just type in zero credits podcast on Google and click on our website. It should be one of the the first uh, entries there. It's the the one with the string of numbers and it's a Blu-ray. Blu-ray. It's a blueberry site. If you click on that, you know, more people who click on it, the higher up we are. That'd be great. Also, apparently we're not on Stitcher, so we have to apply to be on Stitcher. I We talked about Stitcher. Oh, you're right. Sorry, they, we're not on Stitcher and never will be. Yeah, the, the, they, as far as I understand it, they what you submit to Stitcher, they take ownership, proprietorship over. Yeah, no, no to Stitcher. Uh, we're on everything else though. Vote us on iTunes. Give us a <coughs> give us a rating. Give us a subscribe. All right. You good? I'm, Are we good? I'm good. I'm great. Let's wrap it up. We this is it's wrapped up. Okay. So said, if you want to reach us, zero credits is a podcast at. <laughs> Why do you yeah, keep giving out the Twitter? I'm I'm delirious. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, keep it cool. Christ. Keep it cool in the zone. Eat a chill. Uh, eat a chill mushroom. All right. Oh, geez. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. I'll be a good sport.